It comes from command of Yehovah. He told me this on two occasions. Speak his word, and so we're trying to honor that here. And um, we're going to be putting together a uh, Bible reading plan here on this program and really try to hustle and uh, get through the word of God inside a year. So uh, praise the Lord. Now, we're going to pick up today where we left off. We're over in Joshua. We'll be in Joshua 24 here in just a minute. And um, a couple quick updates. I have obtained a copy, as I mentioned uh, yesterday's program, of the Cambridge edition. They are the official printers of the King James Bible. I've obtained a copy and a digital copy that was put together by BibleProtector.com and it's a um, exact digital copy of the, uh, the Cambridge Standard Edition. I put it into some Kindle software today and boy that is an amazing program and I'm um, looking at the capabilities now pulled in some from Genesis, we can pull it right in. Uh, we're going to be commencing the project uh, on the Yahovah Bible where we basically go through and where the name of God the Father was left by the English translators as just capital L-O-R-D we're going to put in God's name how do we know God's name because it's in thousands of Hebrew manuscripts as we mentioned on a, another program the Aleppo Codex, Leningrad Codex the team of Dr. Nehemiah Gordon and others have been working on this project for many years uh, they have not only found the actual Hebrew the Tetragrammaton Y-H-V-H but the, they know how to spell it they know how to pronounce it and uh, it was never lost but there's just been a concerted effort over the, the eons to try to stop people from knowing God's name and the King James had it right Jehovah spelled with a J but it's uh, Yehovah, that's how you pronounce it and uh, there's some great research on the name over there with Dr. Nehemiah Gordon so I wish the King James translators had just stayed consistent and uh, used it in the over six, I think there's 6,300 places where God's name is mentioned in the word but King James translators went with capital O-R-D maybe they were trying to be politically correct maybe they were unsure what to do uh, many Orthodox Jews will not speak the name 
they won't even write G-O-D, capital G-O-D. They put capital G underscore D. They have such reverence for the name, and I appreciate that, but God wants us to know his name. He asked the question, do you know my name, and what is my son's name, if you can tell? We're just not supposed to use it in vain, to profane it, but to speak his name, especially when you pray. It's beautiful. When I learned it, I do it every day. Father Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I come to you today. We come to you today right now, Father Yehovah, on this program. Thank you for the opportunity to have your word. We ask that you would guide us through your Holy Spirit into your word, illuminate the scripture for us, teach us your word and your commandments, write it on the tables of our heart that we may not sin against thee. And we ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Bless everybody who came out today. Bless all the speakers, everyone that has been able to tune in. Bless them, God. Bless those that have financed these programs. God, special blessing on them. We could not have done it without their help. And we thank you again for this opportunity today. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, bless Israel, Father God. Amen. So um, just to sum up what I started to say, which is, uh, we've got the technology, and I'm going to begin to uh, uh, begin to work on this very carefully. And uh, any place that we've uh, updated the name, there'll be a a note in the uh, appendix. I'm doing this for myself, but it may be of interest to others as well, who would like uh, to once and for all be able to open up an English Bible and see the name of God the Father restored, Yehovah, to its rightful place. Praise God. Um, Some have tried it. Some have uh, put it in a Bible and then they screwed the whole project up by, you know, not using the King James or modifying the text. We're not going to change anything. We're just putting God's name back where it belongs, the Father. And there's a lot of just, you know, Um, ignorance of the church about many things that's why we're called to study to show ourselves approved a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth at some point also I'm looking to uh, obtain a copy of the Masoretic Hebrew uh, Aleppo Codex and Leningrad Codex you won't get the original, but you can get a digital facsimile. And that'd be pretty cool. And you can go in there and you can see the name of God. You see the the pointers that show you how to spell it, how to pronounce it. It's part of the Masoretic Hebrew. Okay. Clear up some confusion. You know, there is no Yahweh in the Hebrew, but there is Yahovah. And again, the one of the leading authorities on this whole topic is none other than Dr. Nehemia Gordon. Uh, I've had him on the program. I'm going to get him on again soon. I have some questions I want to write down and ask him to respond to and uh, learn more. I got to meet him uh, many years ago. I think it was 2007 to be exact, um, over in Jerusalem. I had a quickie trip over there. Spent a few days down with my brother and a crew uh, down near the River Jordan, down in uh, uh, Galilee, excuse me, 
But then I doubled back up to Jerusalem before I left, and uh, I got to meet um, uh, Jerry Golden and the family for for dinner. I, the second time I'd been able to meet them. They're friends. And then um, met with Nehemiah in a uh, coffee shop, and I had some hot mint tea. Oh, man, it was really good, real mint tea. And I think I had a cappuccino, too, and he brought in his laptop, and he pulled up some of the digital copies of some of the scrolls he was already obtaining from museums around the world, and he showed me the uh, the name of God in Hebrew that he had found. This was an you know, early work that he's done. He's went a long way from there. Uh, it's an exciting project. Do you get excited about um, the Bible, biblical archaeology? Well, I do. And uh, there's so much uh, to learn. So little time. But if we make a concerted effort, get in the Word of God every day, ask God to show us things that we know not. He challenges us to do that. Ask me and I will show you things that you know not, he says in the Word. So I, I pray that often. I say, God, show me those things. And he said, if you lack wisdom, ask me and I will give you wisdom. I, I ask him for more wisdom tonight. And um, there's a lot of free offers in there. We need to take up the Lord on those things. My grandmother used to say, son, you know, we live beneath our privileges. And there's uh, there's deeper mysteries of God that you can know uh, if you have a hunger and a thirst for it and seek the Lord. Okay. God will reveal his secrets to his people. Joshua chapter 24. And before I forget, let me just make a note. Uh, I just happened to be eating some chicken earlier. That's all that was on that plate. I'm just eating chicken and beef. It's kind of a boring diet. But I do have, you know, some nuts or things as a snack. But And I turned on the uh, Roku, went to YouTube, and um, there was a new posting that I thought was very interesting. It was an interview done. Uh, with a, a young Benjamin Netanyahu uh, from like 1977. And he was uh, being asked his opinion on Palestine, 1978. In fact, maybe I'll just start with this. And then we're going to jump in and uh, go into the Word. This is from 1978. The Prime Minister of Israel. Now, this is, put it in context, what, 20. 45 years ago and there's some details in here I was not aware of there was this question then what about Palestine what are you going to do with it listen to this PLO state is a deadly danger to world peace because it is a surest guarantee of increased terrorism and war however noble the idea may sound Call now as my first witness, Mr. Benjamin Natai. Mr. Natai, welcome to the advocate. Thank you. Glad to be here. Mr. Natai is a. Now, when they said Natai, I, I started laughing. I was thinking he's probably giggling too. They mispronounced his name, butchered it. But sure enough, he was going by a shortened version of his full Hebrew name. Benjamin Netanyahu, or Netanyahu. 
you may pronounce it that way um, and I said oh I did a double take Ben Nittai so he had a uh, Engl- like a anglicized version that he was probably using when he came to the states you see because he went to uh, college I believe at one of the universities in America and um, you know for whatever reason he decided to go with a shortened version of his name like an American uh, Ben Natai so this is none other than Benjamin Netanyahu he's 28 years old and uh, listen to what he says I just learned some interesting facts graduate of MIT he is an Israeli and he is a man who has written widely on this question before the House tonight. Mr. Natai, is the issue of self-determination the core of the conflict in the Middle East? No, I don't believe it is. The real core of the conflict is the unfortunate Arab refusal to accept the State of Israel. And I think, as was mentioned earlier, for 20 years the Arabs had both the West Bank and the Gaza Strip And if self-determination were, as they now say, the core of the conflict, they could have easily established a Palestinian state then, but they didn't. When did the issue arise then? Well, for 20 years, we didn't hear a word about self-determination. And, in fact, what we did hear, those of us living in the Middle East, was about driving the Jews into the sea. Now, after 1967, under the leadership of the PLO, the hardline strategy shifted to adopting a moderate, dressed-up slogan, which uh, now talked in terms of first a secular democratic state and then replaced it with Palestinian self-determination. But what this really means, contrary to what Mr. Aruri said uh, about 1977 being a changed year in the PLO's uh, objectives, let me quote you what the PLO Information Office said in a Dutch paper in 1977, in May 5th. 77? May 5th, 1977, yes. The statement was very simple. Our objective remains the destruction of the Zionist State of Israel. So let's keep in mind that what we're talking about here is not the attempt to build a state, but to destroy one. Do the Palestinians have a right to a separate state? Well... Mr. John has been talking about human rights. Well, I think that it's... No, I don't think they do, but I think that it's quite instructive that the Palestinians who are invoking the right of uh, uh, self-determination, which is is an attribute for separate nations, themselves are the ones who define themselves as part of the Arab nation. Now, no one is denying that there are Palestinian Arabs. There's a very distinguished Palestinian Arab sitting right next to me. But the Palestinians themselves, in the Palestinian National Covenant, the very first article, say that the people of Palestine, quote, are part of the Arab nation. Well, let's look at the Arab nation. It has 21 states, an area roughly the size of the United States, and one-sixth of the entire world's wealth. Now add to that the fact that there already exists a Palestinian state, and that is Jordan, 60% of whose population is Palestinian. It's, I, think, I think it's quite interesting that Yasser Arafat and King Hussein, who are bitter enemies, agree on one thing, that Jordan is a Palestinian state. So what we're talking about is a demand for a 22nd Arab state, in a second Palestinian state. Did you hear that? I was not even aware of that. But this is historical. Now, of course, to the statement that um, the PLO, uh, their goal is to see Israel driven to the sea. Now, we've known that for a while, and that's still the case today. 
the uh, PLO Hamas Hezbollah they're not looking just for a piece of land to live on they want to take all of Israel's land away from them destroy them but I was not aware of the fact that uh, the official stance of uh, the king of Jordan same king who's on the seat there today was that um Jordan is a Palestinian state. And of course, uh, you hear Netanyahu correctly stated that there are no just group called the Palestinians uh, that are some special people in history. No, they're Arabs. And what he's alluding to here is, look, you know, you've got all this land in the Arab world. Massive. In fact, I saw a colored map the other day, and it's just a mass sea of um, Arab nations, and you got this little speck over there, which is Israel. And that's really the case. It's not an issue that the people in Gaza have nowhere to go. Um, then go to Jordan. That's where the Palestinian uh, state is, officially. What should be done with the Palestinians on the West Bank? It's a problem, so what should be done in your opinion? Well, I think that the Palestinians in the West Bank are going to be offered the full human rights, the full civil rights, as there are no Arabs are offered in the Middle East. No Arabs whatsoever have any full human rights or the right to vote for their own government. Those Arabs who lived in Israel in the pre-67 boundaries are the only Arabs in the Middle East who offer that right, and I'm all in favor of having the same Arabs living in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip being offered such a right in the final peace agreement. Can we have uh, peace in the Middle East? Very briefly, please. Yes, I sincerely hope so. Look, I'm 28 years old. I've had to defend my country in two wars and in many battles. Nobody wants peace more than Israel. But the stumbling block to the road for peace is this demand for a PLO state, which will mean more war, which will mean more violence in the Middle East, and I think, I sincerely believe, if this demand is abandoned, we can have real and genuine peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Now we'll go to Mr. Adjami. Mr. Adjami, some questions for Mr. Natai. Mr. Natai, you've told everyone that the Palestinians on the West Bank and the Gaza Strip will enjoy full human rights. Could you tell me how that's compatible with the presence of Israeli forces in their midst? Well, uh, the Arabs living now under, the Arabs who lived in Israel, 400,000 of them, 400,000, uh, between 1948 and 67, as I said earlier, certainly enjoy full human rights. And as I I'm said, they're the only I'm not talking about the Arabs in Israel. I'm talking about the Arabs on the West Bank yes, yes. and the Gaza Strip. If you let me, I'll answer your question, Mr. Ajan, please. Uh, the Arabs living in Israel are the only ones who are entitled to vote for their governments, the only ones who have representative in a parliament in the entire Middle East. Now, it's true that the West Bank and the Gaza Strip are now undergoing a period of transition. In fact, no Arab government has been willing to negotiate so far about this period of transition. And I think that when this transition, when negotiation period is ended, there is no reason why under either Jordanian citizenship or Israeli citizenship, these Arabs will not have the full human rights, the right to vote for their representatives, as the Arabs in Israel do, as hopefully all the Arabs in the Middle East will do someday. Mr. Natai, does the state of Israel itself accept that the, the people on the West Bank and the Gaza Strip have the right to vote? 
on whatever future they choose? Well, Mr. Ajami, we just, I just uh, outlined that in the event that this negotiation process will continue, uh -huh. I'm sure that what we're talking about is, in fact, eventual citizenship of some kind, either Jordanian or Israeli or in any other arrangement, in which these people will certainly vote. Mr. Nutai, you've given yourself the right to determine that you are an Israeli, but you've also given yourself the right to negate the other entity, which I think is not somehow consistent with global practice at this time, is it? Mr. Ajami, I have never, never rejected another entity, nor have I ever declared my intent to destroy it, least of all the Palestinian Arabs who I fervently want to live in peace with. All I'm saying is that it is the Palestinian Arabs themselves, their leaders, Arafat, Muhsin, who Morris uh, Abrams quoted earlier, Farouk Adoumi, the number two man in the PLO, these are the ones who say they are part of the Arab nation. These are the ones who say they already have a Palestinian state. There is no right to establish a second one on my doorstep, which will threaten my existence. There is no right whatsoever. Okay, Mr. Natai, the... Did you hear that? Even the PLO, leaders of this time, 1978, circa 1978, admitted that they already have a Palestinian state. Jordan. Now, when have you heard anybody talk about that? They're not talking about it on the news today, are they? People are misinformed. You seem like a very patriotic Israeli. Does not the fact of Israeli dependence upon the U.S. in order to maintain its occupation on the West Bank and the Gaza, does this not trouble you at all? Uh, Mr. Ajami, I have, you asked me as a patriotic Israeli, and I'll answer as someone who has fought in the Middle East. Uh, one of the things that I think is unique about Israel, in terms of all Americans' allies, all America's allies, is that it is perhaps the only one who has taken care of itself so far. And I would think that America, in fact, it's not a one-way street, Israel taking from the United States. Israel is giving the United States an extraordinary bargain in the Middle East. It's the one stable democratic ally which the United States can count on. Mr. Natai, inasmuch as you're a Zionist and are committed to a Jewish state, Given the fact that demographic predictions tell us that there will be an Arab majority within the current borders of Israel, does this not challenge the foundation? Okay, and um, at this point, they're not using the word Zionist in a derogatory manner, like we see today. A Zionist is a person who believes in the right of Israel to exist as a state as its own country has a right to land and more specifically has a right to all the land that God gave Israel now Netanyahu is even um, admitting that um, Israel's made some concessions and um, that includes uh, Gaza and the area I guess they call the West Bank but the fact of the matter is, uh, no one has the right to make any concessions when it comes to land that God has given Israel. To take it away, to diminish it, it should all be restored to Israel. And it's not going to be, point of fact, uh, until Christ comes back. But just for the record, uh, Gaza, Lebanon, and I think part of Jordan also, um, Blogs Israel. You've got to go back and and get into the scripture and you see the land deed. We've been reading it and it's a substantial amount of land as we were reading just yesterday as these 
areas were being divided uh, by Moses and, and Joshua, his successor, to lead Israel over the River Jordan into Canaan land and uh, divide the land. It's it's the inheritance of every Jew, of every tribe of Israel, the, t- the 12 tribes, with the exception of, of course, half the tribe of Manasseh, apparently, and, of course, the Levites. The Levites have no inheritance of the land. Uh, their inheritance is Yahovah. They are priests to Yahovah. Their inheritance is him and and uh, and they're sustained by um, their service working in the temple. Okay. But uh, at, this, at this point, you know, Zion, it's clear. If you love Israel and you believe that Israel has a right to Jerusalem, its eternal capital, and all the land that God gave, you're a Zionist. Zion uh, corresponds to a physical location. It's it's God's holy hill, Mount Zion. Jesus Christ can come back and rule and reign from Mount Zion. In Jerusalem. And Israel has a historical precedent that goes back thousands of years. There is no Palestinian people. This is a group of Arabs. And their land is not Israel doesn't belong to them. Of course, Israel's allowed many of them to live in the land as, and you know operate as long as they obey the laws. They don't try to blow somebody up on a suicide, uh, you know, a suicide maneuver on a bus. But it's it's a real mess over there, and this is an age-old problem. It goes back to um, Ishmael and his descendants. You know, being jealous of what God gave Isaac. But God also said he was going to bless Ishmael and make them a mighty nation. And they got land. Just not this land they're supposed to get. I really challenge people to just look on a map and and see how little this area of Israel is compared to all the nations around it. You know, I've at times lived in areas where you know, it would take me 15 minutes to get up to the uh, the interstate junction and maybe hit a gas station from, from where I lived in Georgia. 15 miles. Um, think, think about how long it might take you to get up to a 7-Eleven or, you know, your public store. It might be 5 to 10, 15 miles, depending on where you're living. Um, so you know the distance, what I'm talking about when I say 5, 10, 15 miles. Well, enemies of Israel exist within those boundaries I mean they're literally surrounded by enemies that would like to kill them even 15 miles down the road or less in some areas as you leave Jerusalem you go out through these corridors and the further away you get from Jerusalem and you're going out you know you're you're bumping up against uh, areas that are being controlled by uh, by other groups, and I remember going down this one corridor as we were going down to uh, Herzegovina. I was in the car with Jerry Golden, and he said, "You see up there?" I was looking up the hills. He said, "You know, 
a while ago there were snipers and um, this was a dangerous area you go down the interstate you could be sniped at in your car by someone shooting at you from up there on the mountain and uh, pointed out different sites you know over there is Bethlehem or you know I mean over there is uh, Nazareth in that direction stone's throw and uh, I was like wow this place is so small comparatively to you know states in America and places you know that you may live now and we take it for granted and we think maybe Israel's just a big swatch of land it's not in comparison to what these others got and how greedy these Arabs are they got what they got but they want Israel um, and that's been the way it's been for thousands of years it's not going to change till Jesus gets back and they're jealous of the blessing that God has on the Jewish people he's blessed them they went in there and they turned basically desert and swampland into some of the greatest agricultural production in the world uh, Israel's you know been on the forefront of many technologies they created VOIP voice over internet protocol which is you know your Skype today and um, they've created so many technologies they're masters of um, using water and I forget the actual, actual agricultural term but they got it down to where they don't waste any water um, they have these little sprayers that spray inject just amount of just enough water to the root of the plants that they want to grow so they get their nutrition yet they don't uh, squander the water because such a precious asset out there in the uh, desert and of course uh, Israel has to desalinate a lot of water and they share water with other nations around them and they've got plenty of water now Um, and I could go on and on rambling let's see what else is on here it's only about two more minutes of the very state which you are committed to? Uh, I know of the latest uh, figures, population figures, that actually show a decrease in the Arab birth rate, particularly in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, as a result of the higher education and the universal education for women that didn't exist prior to Israel, uh, prior to 1967. Now, if you ask me, would I reject Palestinians or Arabs living in, in our midst? Ridiculous. Of course not. They're part of, they're citizens of Israel. If they... No, no, I'm talking about the West Bank and Gaza. See, we're still going back oh, to yes, the core yes. of it. Yes, I agree. Whatever okay. will be the final arrangement, these people should be free to multiply as they wish. I think that it is written in the Bible, multiply and uh, be fruitful. I think these people should have that right. I'm not going to start uh, enforcing a birth control program under any circumstances. Thank you. With that biblical injunction, I was... Mr. Abram, one more question to Mr. Natai. Mr. Natai, since the subject is what should the United States do, may I ask you if you could summarize why, in your opinion, the United States should oppose the creation of a PLO state? I think the United States should oppose the creation of a Palestinian state for several reasons. The first one being that it is unjust to demand the creation of a 22nd Arab state and a second Palestinian state at the expense of the only Jewish state. I think it also would defeat the hopes of those moderate Palestinians who genuinely want to reach a peace accommodation with Israel. Thank you. Mr. Mr. John, may another question? Mr. Natai, as someone who would say that you believe in democracy, do you believe that Israel can can continue as a garrison state and still remain a democratic state? 
Mr. Ajami, either you didn't hear what I said before, or for your benefit, I'll repeat it again. No, Israel is, does not intend to remain a garrison state. Israel wants to live in peace and wants to be secure. If that is called, involves maintaining uh, military guarantees, our own military guarantees against the destruction uh, of people who surround us, yes, I believe we should fight for our survival. If I have to, I'll fight again, but I hope not to. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Adonis. <laughs> Mr. Natal, thank you for joining us on the advocates. Hey, that was a great um, video clip. And that's actually uh, five years, six years old, posted in 2017, uh, from 1978. Okay. I'd like to hear more about that. Um, we're going to go to Joshua 24. Father God, bless the word as we read it today in Jesus' name. Joshua chapter 24. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith Jehovah, God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac and I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it but Jacob and his children went down into Egypt I sent Moses also and Aaron and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them and afterward I brought you out And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And ye came unto the sea. Now when we're reading from the King James, when you see ye, that's talking about plural, group of people, not an individual. Ye is plural, thee, thy, thou, singular. And ye came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto Yehovah, He put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelled in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites which dwelt on the other side Jordan. And they fought with you and I gave them into your hand that ye might possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you. The Amorites... Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out 
drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not, do ye eat. Now, therefore, fear Jehovah, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye Jehovah. And you know, that's for us today. We're to put away the idolatry in our lives. I had a great-grandfather who was involved in idolatry on my dad's side. Mason. It killed him prematurely. I'm going to be writing about that in an upcoming booklet. I'm calling it booklet because I don't know if it's going to be a full-fledged book. Um, I'm not trying to set, I'm going to you know, write hundreds of pages. No. Whatever needs to be said is said and is probably going to end up as a booklet. Break your generational curses. And uh, today, maybe in the lives of some people tuning in out there, there's some idolatry and your bloodline needs to be broken off and other sins. But bringing it to current, we need to serve God in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which our fathers served on the other side of the flood in Egypt and serve ye Yahovah. It's time to choose, folks. There's people living in sin tonight, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, involved in witchcraft and idolatry, drunkenness, defiling their bodies, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He who does that, God will destroy. It's highly recommended if you're addicted to drugs and alcohol, Confess that sin. Renounce it. Repent. Make a change. Get some freedom. Some deliverance. Cast those demons out before they take you out in a body bag into hell. Because that's where they'll take you. You don't want to defile the, your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You can also defile it in sexual fornication and morality. And these people need to make a decision that are living in sin right now. Who are they going to serve? It's time to serve the Lord in sincerity and truth. Put away these other gods and vices. And if it seem evil unto you to serve Yahovah, choose you this day whom ye will serve. There we go. It's a choice. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, and I say this now, we will serve Yahovah. How about you out there tonight? Are you you and your house going to serve Yahovah? And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake Yahovah to serve other gods. Folks, will you and I forsake God to go out there and continue in sin? You'll pay a heavy price. You might pay it with your soul. Why pay a high price for a lot of loan living? 
It's time to repent. Come back to the Lord. If you've departed from him or fallen away or gotten lukewarm, it's time to get ready. It's time to be ready. Jesus is coming back. Warn the saints is coming. And our timing is running out to make it a decision. Who are we going to serve and to redeem the time we got left? Yield to the Lord. Say, Lord, use me for whatever I can do for you with the time I got. Win some souls. Set some captives free. Pray for the sick that they be healed in Jesus' name. Stand with Israel as the world is standing against them. Will you and your house serve the Lord? And the people answered and said again, God forbid that we should forsake Yahovah to serve other gods. For Yahovah, our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Are you living in a house of bondage tonight? It's time to be set free in Jesus' name. from the house of bondage in which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom ye whom we passed and Yahovah drave out from before us all the people even the Amorites which dwelt in the land therefore we will also serve Yahovah for he is our God And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve Yahovah, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake Yahovah and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve Yahovah. And Joshua said unto the people, Your witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you, Yahovah, to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Folks, if we forsake Yahweh and serve strange gods, then he will turn on you and I to do us hurt and consume you and I after that he hath done you and I good. And we will bust tail wide open and have no recourse. The soul that sinneth must die. It's time to repent while repentance can be found and serve God. We cannot be double-minded of two opinions. Well, I want to go to heaven at the end but right now I want to live with my boyfriend or girlfriend or right now I just don't want to give up that alcohol I got to get drunk I got to hit that weed and that bong I need those cigarettes I need to burn incense and strange incense in my body which is the temple of the Holy Ghost I need to fornicate and adulterate. I need to look at that porn. Just can't give it up right now. Well, there's people that are in hell right now who couldn't give it up and they died that very day or the next day or shortly thereafter. 
before they're willing to get right with the Lord Jesus and there's no recourse for them tonight. Their fate is sealed. They're in hell, in torments, which is the largest prison on planet Earth. L.A. County Jail is said to be the largest prison in America. But the largest prison in the world is called hell. It's in the bowels of the earth. Don't anybody tell you it doesn't exist. It's down there. There's a pit. And there's also a lake of fire. People don't get thrown in the lake of fire yet. But they're down on death row in hell. And they'll be down there a while. Because as I understand it, the dead are raised who went into hell and are brought up at the great white throne judgment to receive final sentencing where they're thrown in the lake of fire at that time and that's after the uh, thousand year millennial reign of Christ so um, you don't get out of hell anytime soon if you die and end up down there don't go there escape hell it's time to make a decision choose this day whom we are going to serve now verse 23 therefore put away said he the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart unto Yahovah God of Israel time to get cleaned up folks and the people said unto Joshua Yahovah our God will we serve and his voice will we obey so Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of Yahovah. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of Yahovah which he spake unto us. Shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every man, unto his inheritance. This land that we've been reading about for several days now, it's the inheritance of Israel. That includes Gaza. They inherited it from God himself. Does any person have a right to tell God what he can do with his land? Why do people get so upset over this? What's really inside of them that's eating their craw? It's called a demon. And that demon needs to be cast out. If you just feel this, you don't even understand this hatred and animosity towards Israel and the Jewish people. Maybe you've been listening to a few of these programs out there that constantly throw the Jews under the bus. I would recommend you stop listening to those channels. There's some anti-Semites out there. But the fact is, the reality is you got a demon inside. How it got in there, how long it's been in there, only God knows. But it's in there. It was transmitted maybe from what you heard and you believed the lie and you began also to hate Israel. And now it's in there, it's going to need to come out. You're going to need to repent. Ask God to forgive you for speaking evil against Israel, for wanting to be party with those that want to take its land and repent and ask Jesus to forgive you, then you can break that curse because you're under a curse. 
you speak evil against Israel and you curse them with your words go read Genesis 12 3 it's never been rescinded we can be free of the curse by repenting though call on the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ in Galatians 3.13 we've got to meet the conditions we've got to repent first and I um, I am no longer going back to uh, a website I contacted the man you know who it was if I mentioned it to you been on this program before said I contacted him I said you have run an article on your website that's shameful there's a man out there throwing Israel under the bus and who's just hating on Israel and us Zionists and uh, he replied I mean it wasn't a good reply and I, I've had to just realize he uh, he's compromised and he's party to curse Israel and I said that man who wrote the article that you're putting on your website is under a generational curse now generational curse from Genesis 12 3 cursed Israel he's cursed and I realize there's just so many out there in the watchman community the patriot community that call themselves Christians that hate Zion hate Israel and the Jewish people and they would be right now based on their actions and their speech they'd be fighting over there on the side of Goliath if if Goliath and David were going out there to meet on the battlefield they'd be rooting for Goliath it's sad and I want no part of those people so Joshua let the people depart every man unto his inheritance it came to pass after these things that Joshua the son of Nun the servant of Yehovah died being a hundred and ten years old he went home to be with the Lord hundred and ten years old how much time do you and I have left that's still profitable for the Lord we better get busy and use what time we got left because should the Lord tarry one day we'll be called home it'll be a mood issue at that point what we were going to do either we did it or we didn't how sad some people are going to be they're going to stand before God and realize they didn't do nothing yet they had decades years maybe one day I'll do it that one day never came now they're going to answer I don't want to be that in that shoes well I gave you X number of years what did you do for me did you obey my great commission do you have any signs following you that demonstrate that you truly believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believed on him for your salvation I don't want to go to heaven as a thief on the cross get in with the smell of smoke and skin of my teeth how about you and you don't have to get trained up as we say in that commercial Get in the Word. Avail yourself of some schools of deliverance. There's a great uh, Zoom 
School of Deliverance, also being offered by Frank Marzul, we just learned about today. And if you can't afford the tuition, he has scholarships. Did you hear what he said? He said, God will pay for it. But if you can afford to support it, of course support it. Otherwise, it's hard to do things like that. It takes resources. Many ways to get trained up. In fact, one of my uh, goals I've just set for myself um, this week, I was writing it down, is I've got to read and finish all of Win Worley's books. I've only got through about three of them. I want to get through them all. Some of the best books on deliverance. I'm going to look into the War and the Saints. Maybe reading that. You've been telling me to do it for 13 years. I found a copy, the original that has not been tampered with. And if you're on my Substack, you're going to get a link to it. So far, I've only had two people. Since I put out that appeal yesterday, three things you need to do. Get over and download the MixLR app, Podbean app, and sign up to Substack. We had two people. So only those that are on Substack are going to get a couple of these goodies. I'm about to send some goodies out. You should see the stuff I found today. And I'm going to send links. And you can get a copy too. Just like I did. Free copy. But only to the Substack subscribers. Free subscription. It's just my email list. It's what it is. Get on it. Get on Podbean. And you can take advantage of the MP3s that we're uploading every day. For free. Uh, download MixLR app. And you'll be alerted when we go live. Because we may do some impromptu programs. And you'll you'll say, oh man, I missed it. Why didn't you tell me? Well, why didn't you subscribe to MixLR? It's free. And sign up for the alert. It'll tell you when we go live. And then you can choose to listen or not. Get over the website. That's the final authority. OmegaManRadio.com on what we're doing over here in terms of uh, where to go, dates, times, etc. I put it all right there. If it's official, it's right there. First. Okay. And I think I woke up the baby. It's about 3.19 over here in the morning. I'm working the night shift these days. So, Joshua has died, 110 years old. God bless him. I'm trying to get to 120 myself. Come on. I got a shot at it. My grandfather Weber, he was 92. Excuse me. Nope, 90. But his mother was 104. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Sarah which is in Mount Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gaash. And Israel served Yahovah all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of Yahovah that he had done for Israel. Have we ever stopped to think what God has done for you and I? I don't stop enough and think about it like I should. But we need to. If we go back and remember the jams God's got us out and the deliverances and the blessings, he's been a good God. Even if he didn't do another thing for us, the fact that we have salvation through Jesus Christ, a free gift tonight for all that will call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, it says you shall be saved. 
If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's for that taking, free gift, salvation. There's a cost, though. We need to pick up our cross, follow him. It's not, you know, just punch that ticket and go back to where you were living. No, we need to serve him, turn from our sin, follow Jesus. During the end, we'll be, we'll be saved. But if that's all we had, that would be enough. But God still wants to do great things in, in the lives of people that love and serve him. And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem, in a parcel of ground which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. And it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, died. And they buried him on a hill that pertained to Phinehas his son which was given him in Mount Ephraim. That's far as I'm going to go. I just read, uh, well, that's far as we go. In, in Joshua, we're finished. We read the last chapter. Tomorrow, we're going to start a whole new book, Book of Judges. And uh, we're going to be back here in a few hours, actually. The question is, what time am I going to bed? i got to get up. about four and a half hours minimum if I go to bed now pulled an all-nighter yesterday this morning and uh, but I was doing some research and sometimes I get on these and I just got to finish it there was a benefit in doing it I found some cool stuff so we're going to pick up uh, tonight eight o'clock eastern with Jesse Jernigan hope you'll join us father God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we thank you for this opportunity today Help us to retain your word, God. Write it on the tables of our heart that we will not sin against thee. Bless everyone that came out today. Give us rest, God. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Love and appreciate you. If God puts it on your heart and you'd like to give to support this work, we appreciate anything you'd like to give. It helps fuel us. And all those that We'll come on board and support whatever you can each month. Uh, very soon, you're going to have access to the Omega Man Vault. It means you can get all these programs that you've heard over the years sooner than later. And uh, if not, you can still get uh, two restored ones per day that I'll be uploading into the main archive. So God bless you all. OmegaManRadio.com. We'll see you later tonight. Love you in Jesus' name.